Hey, this is Lisa. Welcome to the show today. And today we are talking about your problems are not special. It's like, what do you mean my problems aren't special? How could they not be special? You don't know what you're talking about. Well, stay tuned. Find out why your problems really aren't that special. Are you really, really ready for a change in your life? Then welcome to Unfuck Your Life with trailblazing, sassy, and crazy redhead, Lisa Grundon. She cusses. She says the truth. She won't blow hot air up your skirts, ladies. Be ready to create a kick-ass life. And now, here is Unfuck Your Life with your hostess, Lisa Grundon. Irresistible You Boot Camp. We got another one coming up as they come up every month. So check it out. Your Second Act with Lisa.com. That's Your Second Act with Lisa.com. And find out how you can bring more of that irresistibility out in you. Your unique flavor, your unique style, your unique uniqueness, irresistibly. So today I really wanted to talk about your problems are not special. You know, I come from a family that a lot of the um, people in the in my family had had some very significant health concerns, and um, some of them didn't make it through those health concerns. Many more of them did. However, some of them didn't make it, and I'm, I'm particularly thinking about a couple of them that were really making their forms of cancer so significant. And they like tried to one up each other all the time. So one of them had pancreatic cancer and the other one had some form of brain cancer. I don't remember exactly. um, I don't know know the official name, but anyway, anytime there was any kind of event, I usually avoided both of them. I kind of tell you the truth. I usually kind of skirted around the, because all they wanted to talk about is how sick they were, yada, 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 yada. And um, I don't. I don't mean to. I don't mean to make light of it. I really don't. And I also don't want to make it so freaking significant because that's what we're talking about here. So anyway, um, <clears throat> my one aunt had said to my mother that here, I want you to give this to your sister when I die. And the note basically said, see, I told you my cancer was worse. Folks, am I kidding you? (laughs) That's exactly what the note said. See, I told you my cancer was worse because she was dying first. And um, anyway, and then my other aunt passed, uh, I don't know, I'm not sure how much later, whether it was six months, whether it was a year, and she she, she went pretty quickly. And um, anyway, and then one time I was, not just one time, just one time I was out walking my dogs with a a whole group of people. We were walking at the mangroves in Qatar. I used to live there um, in the Middle East, and that's in the country country of Qatar, in the city of Doha. And we walked to this place called the mangroves, which were these uh, local plants that helped bring uh, coolness to the to the island. It wasn't really an island, but it was the peninsula there. And anyway, there was this really cute, unique structure that was there. And um, 
I loved I loved walking there. I loved walking there with other people. And so there was this one woman there that I had never seen, and she was busy chatting with all these different people. And we we're just walking in a big group, and so I'm just walking with my dogs, and I can't remember if I was chatting with anyone at the time. But anyway, this woman kind of kept moving through the group, and I wasn't really paying any attention. And then she came to talk to me, and I thought, oh, wow, okay, this woman wants to talk to me. Well, what she wanted to talk to me about was all of these health concerns that she had been through. And honestly, folks, I honestly can't remember what they were. She talked to me for about five minutes. It was just, da-da, 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 and this happened, that happened, this happened, that happened, and then this, and then that, and then this. And then when she was all done, she didn't say anything other than she she's like, oh, I got to talk to this person now. So then she went to the next person behind me, and I could hear her talking about the same thing. And so, I mean, there were like 15 of us out on this walk this day, plus all of our dogs. And uh, I was just like, it, it just kind of reminded me of that instance between my two aunts and that my problem is so significant. And so now I'm going to go forward just to, or somewhere in between when I was first learning um, a lot of different healing modalities. And so a friend of mine had this client and she asked me to assist, uh, to help with her. And so this woman had gone through uh, brain, uh, not brain, excuse me, breast cancer. And the first time she had gone through breast cancer and she did all the stuff, she did the chemo, she did, she did everything. She followed all the rules and um, she got better. And so now this is her second occurrence of breast cancer. And my friend is working with her and she asked me to come in because there were a lot of different healing modalities that I was learning, experiencing at the time, as well as, um, excuse me, ones that were hands-on healing and ones that were healing of a different nature. So anyways, I started working with this woman and she had decided she had not given up she had not given up. I really want to make sure that you understand that even though she had elected to no longer go through all of the same treatments, she did it first and they weren't working like they did the first time. She was getting sick. She wasn't getting better. All of the, you know, before when she had gone through chemo, she'd be a little bit ill and she'd bounce back. She had many more good days than bad days. And this time through chemo, it wasn't the same story. And she had decided, you know what, I'm not living out the rest of my days this way. She had not given up. She had made a decision and she had surrendered. She also did something else. The second time when she was sick, she didn't tell anybody that she was sick. She wasn't making the breast cancer that was in her body significant. And so she decided she was enjoying her time. She was working with us. We were doing different forms, different um, hands-on healing techniques on her, different forms of um, like we were doing EFT and a few other things that I had learned at that time because this was way back in like 2005, I think is when this was. And anyway, and so she didn't want her children to be parentless. Her kids were quite small. I'm thinking that they were like seven, eight or six and nine, somewhere in that, somewhere in that age range. And what she had decided was to make some peace with her ex-husband because he was going to be there. He was going to be the only parent that she had left, excuse me, that her children had had left. And so she wanted to, to 
bring all those bonds back together. So she lived in the town that he lived in. She didn't tell anybody there that she was sick. He didn't tell anybody she was sick. The kids didn't tell anybody that she was sick. And she was busy enjoying her life. And so we were continuing to work with her day in, day out. And she was just always finding so many things to appreciate. And she absolutely positively made sure that she wasn't, she wasn't watching the news. She wasn't even watching movies that were, that you scare tactics that were, that were, that were, that made you feel awful. Everything she watched, everything that she read made her laugh. Everything that she did made her laugh. Even on the days that she cried, she'd find reasons to laugh and reasons to laugh. And we worked with her quite some time. And, um, you wouldn't believe this. I mean, because it sounds like a Hallmark movie, right? But she actually was enjoying her ex-husband once again, and he wasn't. They were had a much better relationship this time through as they were going, and and things went along um, for quite some time. And we were continuing to work with her, and one day she got a letter in the mail, and um, I probably left out a few details in the beginning, and the letter was from her insurance. Uh, company because they were paying her money and it basically said why aren't you dead with dead yet <laughs> I'm not kidding it basically said why aren't you dead yet because this was more than six months she had let she had been given I think a maximum of six months to live and none of us had paid attention to the time going by and she she just kind of laughed as she read that. And uh, so she, she did what they asked. She went back to the hospital. She was reexamined all, and all of that. And, you know, there was no cancer in her body anymore. You can call it magic. You can call it, you can call it a miracle, spontaneous healing, whatever you want to call it. Remember a couple of key factors here. She didn't make her cancer diagnosis significant. She didn't share it with anybody and everybody, not only who cared to listen or who didn't want to listen. She didn't say hers was the worst and, oh, poor, poor, pitiful me. She got busy enjoying her life. And I do have to tell you that it's been a long time. It's been more than 15 years. And you know she's still alive. She remarried her ex-husband. And Hallmark movie or not, these are some of the things that are possible. So when we make our problems so significant, when we just really dig down and make them not just not just like an illness, but like a, a cross that we bear, like a like this this is us, and oh, you know, my life is so hard, and this is the worst problem that ever happened. And you know what? I used to do some of that kind of stuff myself, not to that degree. And I can remember somebody specifically saying to me once, "Well, you were never in Auschwitz," and I'm like. Yeah, but sometimes when I like it, I felt like it. You know what I mean? And um, I've been there. I've been down that path. I've, I have a lot of clients who still like to go down that path. And there is something different that happens with us if we choose to find a little more joy. You heard me talk about a client before that when she looked out the window, she said, there's got to be something, someplace prettier than this. You know, I've talked about clients before that started finding positive things to say about them and their bodies. And um, it's finding something about life. 
you know, something about your life. And I always use the five senses and then I add in the sixth sense because you can't, you can't be part of my world and not talk about the sixth sense, but it's always hear, see, smell, taste, touch. And then it's what you know, it's there, there's, there's that sixth sense that goes with everything else. So in your world, what do you see in your house, um, the world around you? What do you see? What do you notice? And so at first, just acknowledge what you see, whatever it is. Okay. So whatever it is, maybe it's an ugly plant. Maybe there's, you know, clutter everywhere. Maybe notice whatever it is. And then notice, look a little bit beyond that. Look with a little bit better eyes than that. What do you see? Do you see the smile on the face of a young child? Do you see, I don't know, do you you see your favorite color? Do you see a picture that you drew or that your child drew or that a picture that you found somewhere that's just this gorgeous piece of art? What do you hear? I like to hear fountains. I love to hear my dogs chomping on bones. I love the sounds of children's laughter. There used to be four little boys that lived next door to us, and it was always so much fun because during the daylight hours, they were out there, they were playing. They were using their outside voices. They weren't being obnoxious. They were just four boys having fun, and it was always a sheer delight to hear them. What do you smell? Do things have an odor that you don't like? I always think of my father. It just seemed like everything just, it was just so, such a fuss bucket that um, everything was just pew, 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 you know? Or do you have sound, you know, have smells that invigorate you? Uh, it's coming upon the, the colder season, and I love the smell of cinnamon. I do it sometimes in the summer too. However, I usually do it in the winter. And at Costco, I, I, you can ask my husband, I found this like industrial size container of cinnamon for like $12 like a year or so ago. It's just huge. And so I had these tiny little crock pots and I uh, put the cinnamon in there and it simmers all day long. I learned this trick when I was selling my condo um, many, many years ago that I would boil cinnamon on the stove because in the house always smelled like baking and baking is a very warm, wonderful scent. And I loved how my condo smelt. And so I often... uh, um, burned, melted, boiled, simmered cinnamon on the stove and just let that, that smell go through. And so now I do it in these tiny little crock pots and, and they're just perfect. Just remember, keep adding water. And what, so we already did the see, the hear, the smell. And, you know, what can you touch? Are there fabrics that you can touch? You know, like a pillow, um, a piece of clothing, um, you know, things that feel good to you, things that, that, that sense of touch is that you put some things in your space and you can spend a lot of money. You can spend a little money. You know, sometimes have you ever gone on any of those things where you guys uh, trade, where you show up, somebody collects a bunch of things that you guys don't want anymore, whether it be clothing, whether it be some household items, nothing, nothing big, just what they would call smalls. Things that, you know, that you can carry right around with you. And then what you do is you exchange it. Is that you don't exchange it. Excuse me. You pick. It's like you go shopping. And if there's a couple of people that want the same thing, then uh, there's some kind of rules that go with it. And it's so much fun because it's something that I didn't want to have anymore. And other people put in things they don't want to have anymore. However, when we look at it, we're like, hey, I would like to have this. I love how this looks. It feels so great. And you... You surround yourself with all with things that feel good, that make you smile, 
that it's the sight and the sound and the smell. This is you creating your environment. And you're making less of the things that are wrong, the problems, the significance, and more of the enjoyment, the vibrancy, the aliveness, the sassiness, the deliciousness, the juiciness of life. Because when we're making our problems so significant, what we're also doing is, you know, our health really sucks. And well, you're saying that, well, the health sucked anyway, because there's this problem that's so significant. Well, I'm not so sure which came first, the chicken or the egg, the cart before the horse. There is a difference. There is always that way that you're get to live. It's always the sense of you being you, the sense of you really living, really being. You understand? I shouldn't be like, I'm not like lecturing or anything. It's like, I, you know, do you see? I mean, it's not just me sitting here with this excitement feeling. I have seen this. I have seen this from both sides. I have seen this from the middle. People that, you know, aren't living. And it kind of feels like they're giving up because they're not living. They're not vibrantly alive. I have been fortunate enough, blessed enough to have traveled a lot of this beautiful world. I've been fortunate enough to live in seven countries at this lifetime. I'm not even sure how many of the states I could, I'd have to count them, um, how many of the states I've lived in. And I know the only state I haven't touched foot in yet is Alaska. And that's probably not all that far off in the future. And... Um, there's just always a couple of different ways of looking. The talking about things as they are, I'm doing the little quotes in the air at this point, as they are, is kind of like the remember the movie The Matrix, that we're all that so many people are plugged into a matrix and there's really this other reality. There's really something different. There's really something better. There's really something more available. Did you know that with our eyes, I thought it was 6%. It turns out that's only 3%, that our eyes can actually only see, recognize, register 3% of what's really around us, what our eyes really, really, really can see, that by the time our brain registers, it brings it into our awareness, it's 3%. So just imagine with all the artwork and all the landscapes, and the sunshine, and the rain, and the people, and the places, and the colors available to us, that we only see 3%. Wow. I mean, that's pretty freaking amazing, as I wonder how many more fabulous things are out there. And I wonder what you might allow yourself to appreciate when you start looking at my problems are not so significant. My problems aren't special. But you know what? You are special. And you're gorgeous and you're amazing. And the children around you and the children's children around you and the old people around you and the young people around you and those people that you choose to attract into your life. A long time ago, I used to teach not... A long time ago, I learned this, I still teach it, is that if there's ever somebody in your world that you don't like particularly like or anything like that, sometimes we just get rid of them. Sometimes they just leave our world. If you just focus on them for a second, just for a second, I want you to, if there's somebody you can think about that you're not like particularly fond of, and you find three things to appreciate about them. 
Maybe they have beautiful hair. Maybe they have a wonderful laugh. Maybe they have a great dress that they wear or something like that. Just maybe they decorate their house in a really cool way. Maybe they drive a nice car. Three things to appreciate. It doesn't matter how, quote unquote, shallow they are or how um, beautiful it is. It doesn't matter. Just three things to appreciate about somebody. And it's amazing how quickly it shifts. Three things to find to appreciate about you. And I know you were used to making that problem so significant. So we're flipping it. Remember, we're doing the 180. We're doing the turnaround. We're doing the flip side. Three things to appreciate about you. It's amazing how fast everything shifts. And you know what? If you doubt me, if you don't believe me, well then, just focus on a person that you like And find three things not to appreciate about them. And you find how fast it changes. Yeah, you probably don't want to do that, do you? So this is just proof in the pudding that it really works. And so remember, your problems are not significant. You are. The more you talk about how horrible life is, you know, the more kind of, you know, icky things show up, the more you find to appreciate, the more you find to love about yourself. And see, this isn't just me going, you know what, you got to be positive no matter what, because I used to think that way. I absolutely was the classic, you know, smiling about everything and hiding all the pain that I was in. And um, it's not about hiding the pain. It's about pulling it out of you and letting that shit go. Yes, pulling that pain out and letting that shit go because that's not what's important. You are what's important. So until next time, this is Lisa to Irresistible You. Sparkle on because you're pretty fucking fabulous. See you next time. You have fun. You feel empowered. You feel that confidence. Unfuck Your Life podcast is to help you grow your current self-worth to maximum confidence. So listen, subscribe, share, and get ready to have a kick-ass life. Interested in learning more about Lisa? Go to lisagrunden.com. L-I-S-A-G-R-U-N-D-E-N.com.